Hi, I'm Hillary Walsh, a serial entrepreneur, award-winning immigration lawyer, law professor, TEDx speaker, and raving Phoenix Suns fan. Over the past decade, I've helped thousands of immigrants live free in the United States. I'm talking work permits, social security numbers, green cards, their citizenship, VAWA, T-Visa, U-Visa, and lots of successful appeals. Here's the thing. Immigration law is super complicated and legal advice, well, it can be pretty expensive. So I created the Immigration Law Made Easy podcast to share my 10 plus years of experience with you for free. So if you're looking for tried and true, no BS, step-by-step strategies and tips on how to win your immigration case and live truly free in the United States, you're in the right place, my friend. Let's get started. Hey there, let's talk all about how and when to find an immigration lawyer. I'm your host for this lesson today, immigration lawyer Hillary Walsh. I'm owner of New Frontier Immigration Law. We're a national immigration law firm, one of the largest in the United States who specializes in family-based immigration, where we're not doing immigration related to visas for students or for workers. This really is for people who are in the United States and we're going to help you get your papers through your family. So that's what this video is about, family-based immigration and when and how you need to find an immigration lawyer. And the answer, the short answer may be you don't need one. And if you do, here are some of the things to go through, some of the analysis, some of the tried and true tips. You know, as a lawyer myself, I have been through the process of finding an employment lawyer. I've had to refer friends for divorce lawyers. I've bought and, you know, I own property because of the law firm. So I've had to find um, contract attorneys who can review the contract to make sure that the real estate deal that I'm going through is proper. I've had to find people who can help friends and family with adoptions overseas. So like I have personal experience with needing to find a lawyer and know how very challenging and frankly frustrating it can be when you like for example, call someone and they don't call you back or they say they're going to call you and they don't call you back and you're just like, I just want to give you my money. Will you please help me? And for some reason, you can't seem to get that help. So I've been in your shoes and related to immigration lawyers. I have a lot of faith in the immigration law community. We are some of the best and brightest. I love, uh, some of my closest friends are other immigration lawyers. So I love hanging out with immigration lawyers and it's not just me. I don't, you don't need to just come see me. This is wherever you are in the U.S. I know that, you know, New Frontier is a national firm, but I still think that it's always best if you can find someone who's local who can help you. Now, if someone is local, but they can't help you, then it's time to go to plan B. So let's talk first and foremost, I can look over at my notes here about when do you need a lawyer? So let's tee this up with an example. I'm a U.S. citizen. I want to petition for my my immigrant spouse who's here in the United States, but he doesn't have his papers. When do I need a lawyer? Now, a lot of these different steps can vary with your comfort level with filing petitions and doing that sort of thing yourself. I just got off the phone this morning with one of my good friends from law school. We went to law school together over 10 years ago. I can't believe it. And she is one of the top litigation attorneys for commercial litigation in Las Vegas. Commercial litigation just means that it's all business-related stuff, that businesses are kind of suing other businesses. So very sophisticated attorney. And I'm helping her 
do her immigration petition for her foreign husband, for her immigrant husband, because as bright and as wonderful as she is, she knows that it's best to put this in the hands of someone who specializes in immigration law. So I'm very happy working with her because from the very outset, and this is really what I recommend you do as well, is if you think that at some point you're going to want to work with a lawyer, a lot of people will come to me and they'll have already filed their petition and they'll say, hey, can you just can you just review what we submitted? We've submitted this now. We want to make sure that this is still good to go and everything's awesome. The problem with that is, is if I review this and tell you everything's good to go, I now am basically your attorney and I've given you legal advice about your whole filing and I can be held responsible. So as an attorney, I'm very uncomfortable with that because if I haven't gone through and interviewed you as if you are my client and I just review your paperwork, this is like a really big deal. It's like going to a friend who's a doctor and saying, will you give a glance over my blood work to make sure that I don't have cancer? And they're like, yeah, no problem. And they look it over like, ah, I bet you're fine. There could be issues here that, you know, if, if I were your doctor, I would do a deeper dive on, but I'm sure you're fine. I think that's not a good service to you. So if you're going to file and you think that at some point you're going to want a lawyer, my recommendation is start from the beginning. Start with a lawyer from the beginning because you're going to have everything teed up and proper from the jump. Because what you don't want to do is start creating inconsistencies. Because in immigration law, so much of what we say is based on our credibility. It's based on our statements and based on our good moral character. So if we're kind of changing our story about things, mostly because we didn't understand the question that was being asked on the form, or we make a mistake and now we have to totally refile everything and USCIS starts to wonder, what's really going on with this person, and it puts this kind of cloud of confusion over your case, this is something that's totally avoidable. In immigration law, There's sometimes there's stuff you know, that we just can't avoid. But filing things correctly, being consistent, checking the right boxes, all of these things are things you can do correctly from the jump if you hire someone right up front. Now, maybe you, you've you already filed and you're kind of wondering, should I have done this? What do I do now? Maybe you've already filed. Maybe you've already submitted everything. Um, or perhaps you've just done all the paperwork and now you're like, all right, I'm about to pull the trigger on filing this and I'm not sure if I want to. And then you found this video and you're kind of wondering what to do next. If you hire a lawyer worth their salt, they're going to charge you the same amount whether you filled out the forms or not. You filling out the forms, filling out the forms is not what you hire a lawyer for. Typing the words into the form is not what you're hiring and paying the lawyer probably thousands of dollars for. What you're paying them thousands of dollars for is because they can see into the future because they've worked with enough cases and with your specific USCIS office that they know what the pitfalls are and they know how to help you avoid them. That's what you're paying the thousands of dollars for. So that's why if you're going to hire a lawyer and you've already filled out the forms, and I know that they're tedious, they're dozens and dozens of pages, and you've spent a lot of time and energy filling them out, and you feel like, well, I've done part of the work. You've done a part of the work, but not really the part that's, um, I know it's the part that we produce and we give to the government, but the, the stuff, it's like, I'll give you this example. One of my friends is a very talented photographer. Now I could go get, I could ask her, what kind of camera do you have? And what are your settings that you're using on your camera? And I could go take a picture. 
and my picture is never going to turn out like hers is because she is a very talented photographer and knows the composition of the photo and the angle and how to do all of the things that photographers do that I can't do even if I use the same settings. And to some extent, that's really good lawyering and that's lawyering you want to pay for versus if you don't feel like you can find that, then maybe it is better for you to go it alone. And I will say this as a caveat, you know, I have a podcast called Immigration Law Made Easy, and you may be listening to it right now if you're not seeing this on YouTube, this is recorded. I have a podcast that talks about, you know, why I don't usually recommend people use an immigration lawyer for your naturalization. If you have no criminal history and, you know, you've been in the U.S. for quite a while, and I go into more detail on the podcast, I don't think that it's really all that necessary for you to use an immigration lawyer. So there are situations when you're like, when do I need a lawyer? If you've got no criminal history, you've been a, you're, you know, you're trying to naturalize. If you're trying to do your DACA renewal and you've done your DACA renewal many, many times before, there are situations where you just don't need a lawyer. And some of it's your own comfort level. If you feel very confident and comfortable, you may be just fine with, and you have the time, especially if you have the time to spend on the phone with USCIS, if you need to follow up with them, if you've ever done that before and listened to the painful old music, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, some of that is what you pay the law firm for. And if, you want, if you're okay with doing it yourself, then sometimes you're okay with doing it yourself. It really just comes down to your comfort level and knowing that there are things that you don't know that you don't know. So I feel like there's in life, there's the pie chart of things we know and don't know. And what we know is a very small sliver. And as we get older, I think we figure that out more and more. I'm pushing 40 and the closer I get to 40, the more I realize <laughs> I didn't know that I didn't know that. And, and my awareness of all the things that are still left to be learned grows and grows. So you may not know what you don't know about immigration law. And so your comfort level has to be matched against real, that realization. So again, just to kind of bookend that, if it's at all possible, hire a lawyer from the very beginning of your process. It's going to make everything smoother all along the way because you have a legal brain who's been there before. You know, like when you play pool and you hit all the balls and you're thinking about when I, if I hit this red ball, all the other, the blue ball and the green ball are going to go here. And that's perfect because that's where I'm going to need them to be for the next time that I go. You're like setting the balls up in advance, basically. That's what immigration lawyers are doing. So we're thinking, okay, I'm going to get, I'm going to do these things. And then when this next thing happens, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And then when the next thing happens, all the way to the end of your case, that's what an immigration lawyer can help you do. Now, let's say that you're, okay, all right, all right, all right. You've got me sold. I want to get an immigration lawyer. Where do I find one? That's a complicated thing. And even when I refer friends to, you know, I don't do uh, business immigration, for example. So a lot of people think, oh, well, Hillary, you're an immigration lawyer. Uh, can you help my company get this specific work visa? I really need to bring this person here on a work visa. We don't do that type of work. So I have to really vet and figure out who are good business immigration lawyers who I can even refer my friends and clients and family to because that's a really important a really important referral for you because it's a common question we're asked. Same thing with divorce lawyers. People are asking me all the time, who's a good divorce lawyer in your area? Or because I'm 
uh, I'm from Vegas, uh, where I went to law school. People are always asking me for connections in Vegas. Hey, do you know someone who can help me with my will in Vegas, for example? So it's hard. Google is sometimes one of your best places to go. I think Google reviews are an interesting snapshot. You know, we have a lot of really good Google reviews, but frankly, even though we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of five-star Google reviews, we still have upset clients and we still make mistakes. And that's not always reflected in our Google reviews because behind the scenes, we're trying to make it right with the client and the client has the patience and the grace with us to say, all right, you know what, New Frontier, you guys got to get it together and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold off on giving you the Google review that perhaps you were owed right now in the hope that I can give you a better one later. So that's full transparency from me. So when you're looking at Google reviews, even if you see that someone has bad Google reviews, I think you can start to get a sense for the theme of what the problem is when you're looking for that lawyer and you're kind of assessing, do I wanna work with that person? I know our number one complaint is, is organization, is, is this law firm is suffering from, from um, good organization. And that's, I mean, we, are on the road to improvement. <laughs> we are flawed people in a complicated process trying to help other flawed people in a complicated process. So we're definitely not perfect, but we strive for excellence. And so we're trying to improve that system. And you can probably see that when you look at our Google reviews. So if you're looking at another lawyer's Google reviews, that's a good way to kind of start to get a sense before you go meet with them, before perhaps you call them to see if this is someone you want to work with. Because if you don't feel like there's any improvement, it's one thing to see the complaint. It's another, do I really see improvement? Do I see that they give a crap that they have this area for improvement or are they just ghosting? They're not going to acknowledge it. Are they not taking personal responsibility? So those are kind of good gauges. I think that's probably true for any service provider, but definitely for an immigration lawyer. Another great place to find a referral or to find a lawyer is going to be through AVO, A-V-V-O.com. And it's not, again, it's not a perfect system. There are going to be people who advertise on there so that their ranking is higher up and that sort of thing. But again, you can start to see some of the answers to their questions that are asked in the community. So any community member in the whole wide world can ask a question related to immigration on AVO. Avo, Avo, I think tomato, tomato, I'm not sure. But you can see, has this immigration lawyer engaged with giving free information to the public? Has this immigration lawyer shown that they will go above and beyond? Whatever your value system is with that lawyer, you may not care if they're out giving free information away. You just want them to be working on your case, in which, in which case, cool, if they haven't answered any questions, that's not going to be a big deal for you. Now, if communication is a really big deal, it's important that, you know, when you're looking at these reviews and seeing how this lawyer behaves um, kind of in social media and just in their public platform, do they have a public platform for you to be able to get a sense for who they are? You'll want to use your own core values in shopping for this person. There are lots of people who contact us from all over the US. And let's say they have an interview coming up for their green card and they really want a great lawyer and they found us on social media. Well, if you're in Miami, Florida, I'm not gonna be the right lawyer for you to go to your interview. So I would refer you. So if you want, call me. And if you need a lawyer in your local area and we can't help you, I will do my very best to connect you with someone who 
I trust enough to refer you their name in your local area because I'll be the first person to tell you it's not the same going to a USCIS interview over the phone as it is in person. When and maybe it's maybe it isn't different for you. Maybe you're like I don't need them to sit next to me. I don't need them to hold my hand. I don't need for them to walk me through the building and things like that. I like to do that for my clients because I go to these offices here in Phoenix and in Vegas. You know, I go to these offices all the time. Like the officers know who I am. The security knows who I am. I know how to tell you where to get to the bathroom. I know every step of the way. And so I feel like that's a really big value add that I can give you. Tucson as well. You know, it's a really big one that we're commonly at for interviews and for court. But if it's a, a facility that I've not been to before, I'm not sure how much value I can add to that if I'm just on the phone. And I'm like, hi, officer so-and-so who I've never met before. I'm here representing the two people who are in front of you today, and I'm just going to be here if they have any questions. And then I'm basically muted and can't interject a whole lot on your behalf. So those are all things when you're like, how do I get the name of a lawyer? I think the very best is you get a referral from another lawyer. So if that is me and you want to reach out and say, hey, I I understand that you're probably not going to represent me in Arlington, Virginia for my green card interview, but can you refer me to a lawyer? For sure. I want to connect you with a great immigration lawyer out in Arlington or Miami or Fort Lauderdale or wherever you might be, anywhere all over Texas. I got lots of immigration lawyer friends who we can connect you with, okay? Next up, where and how can I avoid sleazy lawyers? So this is... um, I'm not going to name call. I I wish that there were no sleazy lawyers in our field, but unfortunately, um, some may have earned this title. And the best way to avoid it really is um, by getting a good referral. So, you know, I cannot, I can't, I think that's probably the best. That's a question that people have asked is how do I avoid sleazy lawyers? I think you can call the state bar that they're licensed in as well. And you can ask if they've had any complaints filed against them that were and find out what those were. Um, I have had complaints filed against me and I do not regard myself as a sleazy lawyer. I regard myself as someone who makes mistakes and owns it and does their best to improve the process. Um, But the reality is, is all of that's public information. So you can find out what's happened, what's going on, how has this person handled this? So you can get a little bit of a background on who this person is and I, again, kind of go back to look at who they are in Google, look at who they are on social media. You can call and even when you're talking to the receptionist, say, how do you like working there? And what's your opinion of the lawyer? And you can ask different people and you can get a vibe check. I think that the vibe check is super important. And then meeting with them in person or on Zoom. We do a lot of our meetings on Zoom because Arizona is a massive state And we represent a lot of people in my home state of Kansas as well. And so we do a lot of meetings by Zoom. And if you're with us on Zoom, just like you're with me right now, you can get a vibe check for whether someone's really going to get you what their, whether their word is their bond or whether they're just kind of BSing you. Your intuition is really important in that. And as soon as you start feeling off, I tell this to people all the time, if you, you're going to be in this relationship with your immigration lawyer, possibly for longer than many people are married. 
Like that's a long time. That's really something to take into account and think, do I want to enter into this possibly one of the longest relationships of my life with this person? And if the answer isn't a resounding yes, then you should respect your own intuition and your own higher knowledge and say, I'm going to find the right person then. I'm going to find the right person to help me because even in my moment of desperation, even if you're feeling like I have a hearing in three days, this person will do, there are still great lawyers out there who are available to you. It's, it's just a matter of being open and available and trusting your gut a little bit. Okay. Once you meet with a lawyer, sometimes people will do multiple, what some lawyers call consultations, what we call a strategy session. I have a whole um, video and podcast episode on why we do strategy sessions instead of consultations and how to be prepared and how to know what's going to be successful or not. So you should absolutely check that out if you're interested. But the best way to know when you're choosing a lawyer, and this is for an immigration lawyer, this is for a divorce lawyer, this is for your will, this is for um, bankruptcy, whatever you know, situation arises where you may need a lawyer, a personal injury lawyer. Many of us will need a personal injury lawyer in our life and you're going to have to find the right one. And I do not think that price is the determining factor. I think it's about whether or not they really align with you on your values. So the way I know if someone aligns with me on my values is they ask me what I want rather than telling me what they are assuming I want. So if I'm wanting a divorce and no one tells me, and we're going to, like that we go in and the lawyer's like, by the way, I'm very happily married and I'm not going to get a divorce. <laughs> God help me if I do. But if the situation arises and I had to have that conversation and the lawyer's like, perfect, we sued dad, we're scorched earth litigation, we're going to fight him and milk him for every cent he has, and we're going to get you full custody of your kids, sign up right here. Oh man. If that's my goals, then that's a great lawyer for me. But what if my goals are totally different and the lawyer hasn't asked me, what are your goals? What are your values? And my values are, I want a very peaceful divorce. I want my husband to remain a very good figure in my kids' lives. I want to stay in constant communication with him this would be the absolute wrong lawyer for me to be working with because we're not aligned in values. So what you'll want to do when you're picking a lawyer, when you're choosing a lawyer, especially for your immigration case, most of my immigration clients are with me for more than three years. If you do a U visa with me, we're together for about 12 years before you get your actual green card in hand. Holy crap, that's a long time. That's all, that's longer than I've been a lawyer. I've been helping people with their U visas and we're in this waiting and waiting and calling and updating. And, and you know, we've had clients who they've had kids, they've gotten married and they've gotten divorced all while their U visa is pending. And yet my relationship with them stays the same. So I'm saying if you're going to pick someone and you're going to choose a lawyer, it's someone who you're going to be in relationship for a long time. And if they don't know what you want, and they're just going to give you what they think you want, then you have a problem. Because over the course of your relationship, you're going to be misaligned. And that lawyer is never going to give you what you want if he or she isn't asking you, okay, I just want to confirm that this is still your number one priority. Your number one priority, if we go to the divorce example, is still that you are amicable with your ex, that the ex is still involved, and that you want split child custody or whatever it's called, um, time spent with each parent, like this is still what you want. 
because this is what we're continuing to pursue. Good, good, awesome. Same for your immigration case, okay? I ask everyone in their in their strategy session with us, if I could wave a magic wand, what would you what would I give you? If I could be like magical and give you whatever it is you want, what would you have? And and most people it's the first time in their life they really realize I want to go home and see my mom again before she passes away. I want my green card. I want my work permit. I want my social security number. I want to be able to petition for my family. I want so many things versus if someone came to me and said, you know, lawyer, what can you do for me? And I was like, I don't know. I mean, I could get you uh, I could get you a social. Is that what you want? And we go from there. So it's so important that they're talking to you and you're aligned on values, okay? Is this person honest? How much do they communicate, et cetera? And that is a really big piece for, especially for immigration. How often do you wanna be communicated with? What are the firm's promises to you? At New Frontier, our one of our promises, I got this from Papa John's Pizza, and it's lunchtime where I'm recording this, so forgive me for my mouth watering while I think about Papa John's Pizza, but one of Papa John's pizza, or is it Domino's? Anyway, it's, it's a pizza delivery company. I think it's Domino's. It's hot pizza in an hour or it's free. That's their guarantee. So I was like, how can I give a guarantee like that? And our guarantee is immigration updates twice a month, guaranteed. Immigration updates twice a month, guaranteed. So we call you once a month and we text you an update once a month for the pendency of your case, except for U visas, because those are forever and you don't want to talk to us twice a month for 12 years, like nobody. <laughs> Otherwise, maybe you will be marrying us and we'll really be in relationship. Um, but those are our guarantees. So you'll have to find out, like, how often are you going to communicate with us? New Frontier Immigration Law, we have a a uh, promise that you'll never get a voicemail. We don't even have voicemails set up. So you cannot leave a voicemail. The phone will ring and we have a 24-7, 365 answering service so that if you are going to be you know, contacting us on Christmas Day, whenever it might be, you can call and someone is going to pick up the phone and someone's going to attend to you because you know what goes down at the most inopportune times and you can't wait till Monday when the office reopens. So these are some of the things to shop around for when you're looking for an immigration lawyer. Next is your contract. Does your contract when you're signing up, does it accurately represent what you and the lawyer have talked about? If not, don't sign it. Just don't sign it. Ask them, hey, you told me that you were going to do this and this as well. Do you mind going ahead and adding that in right now? And sometimes like for me, I'll do a U visa case for someone. I will sign them up, but I'm not going to sign them up also for the green card because the U visa is not a guarantee. So it would be against my ethics to say, I'm going to get you a U visa and a green card for this flat rate. Well, what if I don't get you the U visa? Like, wouldn't that be a problem? Because now you've also hired me to get you the green card based on the U visa. So we do contracts based on one thing at a time. And so if that's something, you know, you really want to understand exactly what you're doing when you're signing up your lawyer. I highly recommend the next step is always going to be paying. You can't usually hire a lawyer unless you pay them something. And I highly recommend paying by card or by Zelle. It's because then you have a paper trail for all the money you've paid for your account. Money can move and can disappear. You don't want your cash payment to be applied to a different person's case. You don't want your cash payment to be stolen by the front office receptionist. 
I, you know, knock on wood, I don't even, this table's like Ikea, so I don't think it's wood, but like knock on wood, we've never had that type of thing happen at my firm. And we deal with a lot of clients who really prefer to pay cash, but that's why we have transitioned to being a cash-free company because I want a paper trail for your protection so that you can see every cent that you've paid New Frontier Immigration Law. So there's never a dispute. There's never a $100 bill that goes missing. There's never money that you're like, no, I really, I paid that. You don't have a record of that? No, 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 no. We take cards and we take Zelle so that, and wire transfers as well so that you always have a paper trail. And I think that's really important when paying your immigration lawyer because it's thousands of dollars for your immigration case. You wouldn't go buy a car in cash and wait for them in a few weeks to deliver your car. You would get a receipt and have actual proof of payment. And that's why I think Zelle and paying by bank card or whatever it may be, credit card, is so important. Unfortunately, let's move into the firing of your lawyer. Sometimes you got to fire your lawyer and sometimes lawyers have to fire their clients. It's just, you know, not all relationships are meant to last forever. And that is absolutely the case, including in the situation with your lawyer. One thing to note is that your case file is your property, your green card. If it comes thanks to this lawyer or your work permit or your social or whatever mail comes, all of that's your property. So your lawyer can't just hang on to that because like, oh, you haven't paid your bill, so I'm not gonna give you your green card. That's not cool and it's illegal and it's your property. It's not the lawyer's. Your copy of your file, again, is your copy, your property. And even after you terminate them, they have to provide you with a copy of that. And in fact, in Arizona, we're required to hang on to a copy of it for five years if you haven't already requested it. So if you request it and I give it to you as your lawyer, I can now destroy that file. I don't need to hang on to it. But if you haven't requested it and you've kind of just disappeared, and sometimes this does happen because life happens and you've got other stuff you're dealing with, and then three years later, you need to go back to the lawyer and figure out, okay, what happened? I know we're not working together anymore, but I need a copy of what you filed. It's a requirement to hang on to that for clients for five years in specific states like Arizona. So if you do need to let your attorney go, you know, don't burn any bridges. It doesn't really do any good. I am, I believe it's just a personal value system of mine. There's no reason to blow up relationships when you're leaving them. You can peacefully just walk away, walk away, send an email, send a text, send a letter, make a phone call and say, I need to no longer work with you. I would like a copy of my file and, you know, settle up on your bill if you owe money and you move on because what we put out into the universe is a little piece of what we get back in. And hopefully your lawyer, as your parting ways, will be professional with you as well and not burn any bridges. I just, I think that there's no reason to do that in life. Last but not least, my friends, is do-it-yourself legal research. One of the best tools that's available, and it's free 99, is Google Scholar. It's different than Google. It's called Google Scholar. And you can select the circuit that you're in and type in a bunch of things. USCIS also has policy manuals that's, that are so, so valuable. I look at them all the time. And those are available for free. You can also Google and find different decisions that have been issued just by, just by search terms. Google is absolutely your friend. And there are other like more high-tech type of like Westlaw and LexisNexis and those sorts of things that are very expensive. And while my law firm does have those and use those as resources for your really run of the mill questions, 
you don't need those types of resources. So if you're going to DIY and try to find the solution and find the answer yourself, there's a ton of great resources like this podcast, like like our New Frontier um, YouTube page where we can hopefully answer questions. And if you kind of get to the end, that's when you know you need to lawyer up because if you've gotten to the end of that free research, because there's so many blogs out there that are usually designed for their people's website to come up higher on the rankings list. We put out tons of blogs in the hope that you'll be able to find us as a lawyer. If all of those you've run out of, of being able to find the answer, it's time for you to give a lawyer a call. I hope this has been helpful. I hope that if you need a referral, you'll reach out to me so that I can connect you with the right person if we happen to not be the right person. And last but not least, I hope that you know how important your case is and do not bargain shop for two things in life, lawyers and tattoos. I'll see you around. My friend, I'm so glad you joined me today. If you have a friend or family member who may need some immigration law guidance or even just day-to-day encouragement, please send them a text or email or a DM on social media and say, hey, I think this podcast is going to help you. I sure wish someone had given me the tips I'm sharing here years and years ago when I was starting out as an immigration lawyer. Thank you so much for being here. I'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Adios.